The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew, chapter 4, beginning at the 12th verse. Glory Glory to you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum, by the lake, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all the sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, and and paralytics, and he cured them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. This is the gospel of the Lord. To you, Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. May the words that I speak and the reflection of all our hearts and minds transform us to be light, the light of Christ in our world. Amen. Please be seated. Well, Jesus said to Simon and Andrew, follow me and I will make you fishers of people. I wonder what accepting that invitation meant for Peter and Andrew. I imagine following Jesus meant lifting their eyes and their attention from the familiarity of and the comfort of working together as brothers, from the state of their fishing nets, from the prevailing weather conditions, from the seasonal patterns of the Sea of Galilee, from the whereabouts of the fish that they were hoping to catch, 
and from the expectations of family and village life. I imagine that following Jesus meant paying attention to a much bigger world, a world far bigger than any world they would ever have imagined themselves being a part of. They would have encountered people from all walks of life in all kinds of places. I imagine the focus of their attention shifted significantly as they followed Jesus to all the places that Jesus went. Places where people were doing life in synagogues, in villages, in towns, and in cities, both Jewish and Gentile. Peter and Andrew, James and John were alongside Jesus as he proclaimed the good news and brought healing and wholeness to all kinds of people in all kinds of places, people who had all kinds of needs. Can you imagine being one of those men and journeying with Jesus on this incredible adventure, this life-changing way of being and seeing the world? And it seemed that people were attracted to what Jesus did and said because we read, just read crowds followed him, all kinds of people from all kinds of places. People are at the heart of everything that Jesus did and said because people are at the centre of the heart of God. God so loved the world that God sent the embodiment of God's very self to be and to reveal and to be the manifestation of who God is, to be God in our world. Therefore, when we follow Jesus, people are at the heart of everything that Jesus calls us to. All kinds of people with all kinds of needs and in all kinds of places. Perhaps the people that we encounter at Community Connect or craft group, the children who spend time with their Kids Hope mentors each week, the people in residential care who share communion when we visit, the people we encounter in the op shops, the people in our Bible study group, families who come to play group, the people in our early learning centre, school and university communities, people we form connections with over at the town centre, strangers that we encounter on public transport or at the shops, the community that we get to know at our local cafe or who live in our cul-de-sac or neighbourhood, perhaps clients or customers, our family, friends, neighbours and colleagues. All of these people are people who are at the heart of everything that Jesus calls us to. Followers of Jesus are called to one common project, the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is synonymous with the kingdom of God, by the way. In Matthew, Matthew pays attention to the sensitivities of the Jewish community and doesn't use the name of God. But what Matthew calls kingdom of heaven and what Luke calls kingdom of God are one and the same. 
But the kingdom of heaven is also synonymous with Jesus himself, since Jesus was both the embodiment and the proclamation of this kingdom. So not only are people at the heart of everything that Jesus did and said, people are at the heart of the kingdom of heaven. And who is the king of this kingdom? Perhaps it's a question we don't need to ask, but I think it's worth visiting anyway. The Hebrew scriptures and the New Testament portray God as the king of heaven and indeed as the king of the universe. The fundamental love and energy that is behind all that is. The kingdom of God refers to the area over which God's royal rule extends in time, in space, in purpose, in the ways that God has of accomplishing God's purpose and the extent of all that. Remembering that we are talking about the God of the universe and beyond. Jesus elaborates on all these aspects in the Gospels, showing us ways in which God acts, the ways that God acts are the ways that God calls us to also behave. To be people who are ethically and who act with justice, people who are merciful, people who love with the love with which we have first been loved. But we also need to note that perhaps kingdom is a word that modern-day followers of Jesus may not always resonate with. However, it's helpful to note that we continue to use the phrase since while the experience of rule by kings in ancient Israel was on the whole negative, Israel's hope always remained fixed on a better kingdom, a kingdom established and grounded in God and therefore was neither tyrannical, limited or corrupt. And all of this implies that it was not necessarily patriarchal either. The image and the hope of Israel was a peaceful and just kingdom. So we can say that the biblical phrases kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God focuses on God's role in shaping human experience. Jesus not only showed us Jesus was the embodiment of the, king, of the kingdom and the fulfillment of its promises that in the end people will recognise divine justice and peace in all they do. And then within the communities that have shaped the New Testament, the way that they viewed the kingdom of heaven influenced their understanding of how they should behave. What did ethical behaviour look like for them? This was shaped by their view of the kingdom of heaven. And their trust in the kingdom of heaven encouraged them and gave them motivation to persist when they faced difficult um, circumstances, which they certainly did a lot of the time. And all of this witnessed to the transformative power of God's action in the created world. So coming back to today's passage, it tells us that Jesus proclaimed two things. 
Firstly, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Therefore, repent. That is, turn away from focusing on yourself, your own ego, the kingdom of you, that too easily breaks love and trust. And it's an invitation to participate in the bigger picture of God's being and doing in the world. Remember when Jesus says to leave family and home and possessions and follow him. He's not advocating, as we talked about towards the end of last year, that we do those things literally, that we move out of home, sell everything we have, although some people do feel called to do that. But for most of us, it's about reprioritizing so that we understand our home and our family and our possessions and all that we have as part of this greater picture of the kingdom of heaven. And so we pray, your kingdom come on earth as in heaven. But secondly, in verse 23, Jesus proclaims that the kingdom of heaven is good news. It's good news for everyone. And the Greek word, which is for good news, which we translate as gospel, Matthew unpacks this good news of the kingdom in the 28 chapters of his gospel, which we'll be exploring together this year. I dare say that by the time we reach Advent this year, we will know a lot more about Matthew's kingdom of heaven. Matthew tells us why Jesus, the embodiment of the kingdom of heaven, is good news for all the people. He says, he's, and quoting Isaiah, loosely, but quoting Isaiah, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and for those people who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. People are at the heart of the kingdom of heaven because people are at the heart of God's heart. And this includes people who view God as judgmental, vindictive, angry, distant, or even absent. Entertaining the possibility that God is loving and that people have a place in the kingdom of heaven can be confronting for people whose worldview has been formed in ways where they've given up on the idea of a loving God. They look around at all the bad things that continue to happen to good people in the world. They look around at all the bad things that continue to happen because people don't speak up. And yet, the kingdom of heaven has come near and we're all invited to participate. Just like some of the people Peter and Andrew, James and John encountered when they travelled with Jesus. People who were disillusioned and people who were really seeking after what Jesus had to offer. And they discovered that Jesus broke down the barriers that separated people from God and each other. We've talked a lot about the kingdom of heaven, but what is it? Do we have a definition well, actually, it seems that Jesus doesn't tell us exactly. Instead, Jesus shows us. It seems that Jesus pays attention to what people are saying, and he engages them in conversation. He tells stories. He uses metaphors. He brings healing and wholeness to demonstrate the kingdom of heaven. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure, sowing good seed, 
It's like a mustard seed. It's like yeast. It's like a merchant in search of fine pearls. It's like a net thrown into the sea and catching fish of every kind. And it's like a king who wishes to settle accounts with his slaves. In Matthew, there are also references to the kingdom being like salt and light. There are conversations about who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And apparently, it's the one who becomes humble like a little child. Next week, we'll hear the kingdom of heaven belongs to the poor in spirit and to the persecuted. When Jesus says, follow me, he's inviting us to participate in the kingdom of heaven, to engage with people and reflect the character of God to them. That's our job description, to make God possible, to be agents of God's healing and wholeness by the power of God's Holy Spirit, the presence of Jesus in our lives today. As part of our young adults Monday night conversations during Advent, I showed a clip where uh, the Irish writer and theologian Peter Rollins was speaking about the incarnation, about the advent of God with us that we celebrate at Christmas time. And Peter was making the point that this is the revelation of God coming near. And to illustrate, he said, rather than the church steeples and the beautiful steeples on our magnificent cathedrals pointing to heaven as though that's the only place where God is, they should instead be pointing down to the earth because that's where the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is at work. That's a radical thought, isn't it? On earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of heaven has come near, so near that Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee and called fishermen to follow him and become integral to his healing saving work with people. We've begun the year with a focus on awareness, asking the question, what are you noticing? What did Jesus notice about Simon and Andrew, James and John, that prompted him to include them in his group of 12? We really don't know. Why did they respond and follow? We don't really know that either, but they certainly did. And they continued in that ministry for the rest of their lives. It is possible that they may have come back and done a spot of fishing in that time, gone back to their their occupations as fishermen. But they were committed to this ministry. They had captured this vision of the kingdom of heaven. But I wonder, what are you noticing about Jesus' invitation for you to follow? While it may or may not mean leaving your nets and heading in a whole new direction. It will mean participating in this kingdom where people are at the centre. It will mean engaging with people with the intent of reflecting the character of God, even if imperfectly. On New Year's Day, I suggested that we embark on the journey of this new year as pilgrims, prepared for transformation. I said that pilgrims don't expect to arrive at their destination unchanged. We can't help be changed when we engage with people as followers of Jesus, taking time to listen and to learn, having compassion enough to care and being humble enough to be cared for. 
being respectful enough to offer dignity to others and being willing to accept the dignity that we have as children of God, being prayerful enough to bring hope and allowing others to journey with us, encouraging and upholding us in prayer. Travelling as pilgrims also implies paying attention to what's going on around you as you journey through each day, acknowledging fellow travellers, lending a hand where needed, taking note of the signs and the invitations that will lead us in the direction that allows us to be salt, light, treasure, seeds that grow into shady trees where the weary ones can rest. So our questions to ponder this week might be, what am I noticing about where Jesus is inviting me to follow him? How can I become more aware of the kingdom of heaven within and around me? Let's pray. God of life, as we journey through the week ahead, as pilgrims, help us to pay attention not only to what's happening around us, but also to what's happening within us. Help us to notice, notice where you're inviting us to follow you. Help us to become more aware of the kingdom within and around us. Amen. Would you please stand as we continue to sing together?